Good afternoon, gentlemen. Did you find the verse? Yeah, I found a little scripture I want to share with y'all here in just a little bit pertaining to this whole thing that's being propagated across the um, the the uh, podcasting world everywhere from Sean Ryan's show to Free Range American with Evan Hafer to Andy Stump to all the veteran podcasts about using psychedelic drugs to treat PTSD in uh, veterans, essentially. Um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the 3 of 7 podcast with uh, Chad, Chili, and uh, President Blake Wright. That was the wrong order. Yeah, well, uh, after your debut at the Mid-State Mile, it, it's starting to be more right <laughs> order. If you ain't first, you're last, son. That was the wrong order. It's Chad, Blake, and Chili. Well, I said, this is the order we're sitting in. You know, speaking of that psychedelic it'd have been good if you had some of that at lunch today the way that dog was treating you holy smokes man we freaked them people out didn't we they just got up and <laughs> you left. started barking at them <laughs> oh. the dog was barking at you he turns around and goes <laughs> speaking of dogs we had well, well first of all we had a really good uh team pt this morning everybody but blake blake ended up quitting as usual um but Last night, I was getting ready for bed about around about 11 o'clock. About what time I go to bed? About 11 o'clock. And, uh, or at least I, I lay down to start reading, right? And so we're sitting there in the living room. We get up, and I see one of my dogs bow up in the doorway because the front door is open. And my dog bows up in the doorway and just like goes into slow motion. And you're about to lay down? No, I'm like getting up out from the living room, getting ready to go in, go to bed. And I'm like, what the crap? I look out and there's a massive Great Pyrenees <laughs> standing at our, in front of our door. Doors wide open. And I'm like, what in the world? So we get our dogs in the house, go outside. And, and what had apparently happened was with all the fireworks, that dog freaked out obviously wherever its house was it freaked out and probably broke out of the pasture or the fence you know great pyrenees is a farm dog they take care of goats and horses chickens whatever that's what they're bred to do and i guess it broke out and somehow set up a bode at our house and of course brooke is a dog connoisseur so this dog's out there whining it's freaked out it was a great dog, but she just can't rest. So she starts putting posts on the Facebook community watch page. And then by this time, it's like close to midnight. And uh, I finally convince her, like, baby, I know the dog's stressed out, but, like, it's safe out there. These dogs are meant to live outside. They don't come inside. These great Pyrenees, they prefer to be outside I said, give it a little water, give it a little food. It'll eventually get tired once everything settles down, the fireworks are done. It'll lay down out there, and we'll get up in the morning, and we'll find its home. Well, about 12, right along about 1230, her phone bings, and somebody had left a comment on her Facebook post saying, this is where the dog probably lives at. And uh, so she says, well, 
I'm bringing this dog home. I said, good gosh almighty. At now, 12 o'clock? After, it was late. It was after midnight. And mm. I'm like, well, I can't let her go right where we live. You don't just go pulling up to people's house that time of night. You'll get shot. I'm not joking. You really will. Um, that's just the way country people roll, man. You don't roll rolling up to people's house at night like that. So I went. I got got my weapons on me, you know, and just in case, and said, all right, I'm going to ride with you. And we rode down there to that address, and she just pulls in the end of the driveway, gets out, lets the dog out. It's not the dog's house. The dog just it has no clue where it's at. So I, I'm like, well, you know, what do you do? Like, I'm like, we know the dog came from down here somewhere because there's no houses past my house. So I'm like, just, you need to just leave the dog down here. There's no traffic on our road either. It's, you know, and I'm like, just pull away and the dog going to go down this road here, checking each of these driveways until it finds its house. So that's what we did, and apparently it made its way home because it was nowhere to be seen this morning when I, I got up early this morning and drove down the road, and the dog wasn't out on the road running around anywhere. So I'm sure it found its way home. But I was up, well, the all night last night on into the morning fooling with this stray dog. Hmm. But, you know, I'm not going to complain about fireworks. John Adams said... The 4th of July, every 4th of July, it should be celebrated by going out and shooting off your guns and making a bunch of rackets, right? He said that's how you should celebrate it from, from this day forward. So it was good, you know, we got to watch some fireworks laid up on the Overlook. And, uh, you know, it's a patriotic thing. And after you read, you know, that's the, the founding fathers intended on it being that way. It uh, it made my tolerance for fireworks go up because I used to not care much for them. I don't like them. Yeah. I mean. But now I'm looking at it in a different light. You like them now just because John Adams said yeah, he, I yeah, still don't like them. should be done? Yeah. I thought, you know, the, all right, the Founding Fathers wanted us to make a bunch of racket on the 4th of July, so I'm, I'm in. If that's what they wanted, I'm in. These men were geniuses. I'm telling you, the, these men, I believe, were some of the greatest men in history. Uh, as I was, as I was reading through the Declaration of Independence the other day. Um, by the way, I don't know. I, I don't think many of y'all listen to that podcast because most of y'all probably don't give a crap about history, which is probably most of y'all's problem. Uh, that because you don't care about or know history. But uh, we, we, I read through this Declaration of Independence posted as an episode. It's the one right before this one. No, two before this one. And um, it brought me back to a question I asked Nathan Hicks and, and all actually all you guys the other day when I was talking about the, uh, the tags on your vehicles. And I, I said, well, well why, do we, why do we let it happen? It, it's, it's, it's literally yeah. robbery and theft. Why do we let it happen? And, and, of course, uh, Nathan and Blake. Blake says, you will be governed. Nathan says there are greater offenses. And I'm like, okay. All right. I'm reading through the Declaration of Independence, and I'm like, 
These guys answered yeah. my question. That's been answered. This question was answered a long time ago. And, and, uh, and th- this is it right here. This is it. Mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such a government and provide new guards for their future security. This is the reason why we just, they answered it. It's obviously been a perpetual thing. It must be a human characteristic that we, as humans, we as Americans, would rather just suffer while the suffering is at a tolerable level. We'd rather just suffer than make anything better. All of y'all. That's what y'all would rather do. That's why we're. That, that's why things are the way they are. That's what everybody's doing. Oh yeah, that's what I said. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm saying these men were geniuses. Yeah, they saw this. But that's what I. When when stuff like that starts, people capitulate and let it happen, and then nobody does anything about it along the way till you're where you're at now. You'd have to get the whole country on board with you to stop paying the registration fee or whatever. The renewal, but, but they they would but, rather suffer because exactly there are it's it's tolerable, right? Yep. Uh, well, I, I mean, if if these men were obviously right about that, they say, uh, it, you know, the the second part of that says after a long train of abuses and usurpations, uh, after it happens, oh, finally, finally, it gets to a point where the people are like. All right, screw this, right? Yeah, but that's that's my analogy of uh, it's like they've got their hands around your neck, and they it's key that they let 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 you loose a little bit. What they do, it's like they're squeezing, and then when it starts to get a little too tight, a little bit of pushback. Okay, they let off a little bit, and then you feel that new freedom, and it feels feels pretty good and then they'll clamp down again and it'll do it a little further than they did the last time so that way it's incrementally getting more and more tight and then eventually they'll do that enough and they don't ever overplay it go too tight all at once then they can get to where you're completely pop your head off yeah and then you can't do anything about it at that point so it's very slow has to be slow we we've lost the whole idea that governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And that's... that's, We've totally lost that. Well, that's the problem. We have consented. As a whole. Yeah. We've... I mean, we consented to things we shouldn't have consented to. Right? That... that, that whatever form of government becomes destructive of these ends, in other words, when the government is working outside of the consent of the governed, all right, Sorry. it is the right of the people to abolish it and institute new government. Yeah. We've lost the whole freaking idea of that, well, man. Well, what's the rest of our that quote? It's the right, but also the duty. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. To abolish it. Yep, so... 
Uh, you know, I like I say it was. It's amazing when you read the writings of these men, and you think how similar their situation is, mm-hmm. or was to our situation now. Uh, I, I don't know. That that's why I so highly esteem those men, and that's why I say if John Adams said we need to freaking make some racket on Fourth of July, I'm in. I like fireworks now. Well, he says a lot of other things we should do too, and we ain't doing them. Yeah, my I'm I'm my own person, so I don't like fireworks. Still, you want to go against the founding fathers? <laughs> Tell you what, buddy, you're in for a long ride. Well, what are you gonna do about that? You just read what he said to do. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm doing tell right me. now. <laughs> Let's I, hear it. I am praying for more patience, and I am. I am trying to establish myself in a position that when the long train of offenses become enough that people are fed up with it, I want to be in the position to help lead that charge. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing. All right. There's not enough people now that would... No, the, band together. the train of offenses have not gotten long enough, obviously. That's that's the question. How is that point determined? Because I would argue it's way past that point. But, like, there's well, two ways. Well, for you, it is. Yeah, exactly. There's two ways to gauge it. There's there's Has it gone past that point, in my opinion? And ha- has it gone past that point in the majority's opinion? Yeah. That's what you have to get to. I mean, yeah. It may be way too late once it's too far gone in the majority's opinion. Well, y'all heard what Joe Biden said. The you can't you can't push back against the government without nuclear bombs and F fifteens. Yep. That's what he said. Or a double barrel shotgun. No, that's out. <laughs> that's for home defense. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the president of the United States literally said, You think I, I now I'm I don't have his quote here in front of us. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it. And the summation of it is you think you can fight back against the government with with uh AR fifteens? No, you need nuclear bombs and F fifteens to fight back against the government. I'm like, dude, have you been paying attention to what has been happening in Afghanistan? Have you paid any attention to what happened in Vietnam? Probably not, because you dodged the draft and you never went over there to fight for your country. Um, have you paid attention to what has happened when you go and try to fight an indigenous force with all your technology and all your your air assets and all this stuff? To what end? Yeah, you destroy your whole country. Yeah. Just blow up yeah. the whole country. You, you want to... You want to nuke your country? What are you going to govern if you nuke your country? A desolate wasteland? It was just astounding to me that the president of the United States would make a statement like that. Yeah, it's like a threat. It was a... I mean, it 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 is a threat. threat. Yeah. Like, you're helpless. By the way, for all of you guys, an AR-15, AR does not stand for assault (laughs) rifle. AR stands for Armalite Rifle, not Assault Rifle. All right? All right, there's your history lesson for the day. (sighs) 
We had a good PT this morning. <laughs> Blake quit. Chili did. Chili, I commend you. What has happened to you, man? You've really turned a corner, it seems like, this week. This is the most energy and the most really just upbeat I've seen you in, in quite a while. What? Wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah, I mean, well, you I'm, crushed got, that bike ride, dude. You you had you had a lot of gas. You pulled past me multiple times just to show me that you had. I mean, he'd pull past me and he'd back back down. And he'd say, "I just want to show you I could beat you up that hill <laughs> hey, if I wanted to." Don't take this as a compliment from Chad. This is Chad practicing his ownership of losing against you in PT today, so now you can't rag him about beating it because he's just owned the fact that you were pulling ahead of him. He's using his own tactics against you, so no, okay. don't take it as a compliment. Listen, I, don't, I take everything he says with a grain of salt, but even if he's lying, he just said, I did a good job at PT, so <laughs> no, he, I'll take it. He had a lot in the tank today. He really did. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know what I did different, but... I seen him before I quit. I seen him. He was way up front. You've turned a corner somehow. I don't, I don't know... I don't know what, and so I want to hear, uh, for the people that listen to the podcast, Chili's doing some weird freaking crap again, of course. He's squirrely as mess anyways. He hasn't eaten anything all day today. We just did a 25 mile long mountain bike ride. Literally through, when we say mountain bike ride, it means we're riding in the mountains on a bike. Like this ain't no little trail loop groomed mountain bike no this we're like going up and down mountains 25 miles and uh he ain't ate nothing and he refused to eat anything at the restaurant what the crap are you doing man what's what's the what's the method behind this madness i just didn't feel like eating no that's not true you're you're doing something you you have some master plan here Okay. What's the what? What is the strategy behind this? Share it with the people, because it may be a legitimate strategy. I want to hear it. Well, I hate to be a. Uh, I don't know. I hate to let you down, but there's no. I just eat when I feel like it. I didn't feel like it. You're telling me you are not hungry? No. I'll get. I'll. I'll. I'll eat later. It's okay. been about 24 hours. I don't know. Sometimes I I just I just I keep everything guessing. Do you think that it's healthy for you to not eat like that? Like uh, like like look like truly you you, you you talk about you you're out here. We broke down muscle today on that yeah, mountain bike no, ride, okay? Now your body needs certain uh, nutrients and and yep. things to to rebuild. Yep. So how is this a healthy thing? You can do. I, I like to train like this without food for a while and do different things. It's pro, I mean it's probably not overall the healthiest thing to do, but I just like to do that sometimes. Um, but <laughs> okay. But as far as health goes, no. If you want my honest opinion, we want to have a little class here. It's what would be optimal is if I was fueling along the run with carbs, which I had sweet tea. I had a little sugar in that. So, yeah. Uh, but, and then after, as soon as I'm done, within a pretty quick amount of time, maybe 30 minutes, you put in, you know, refuel with carbs, fat, protein, and then, you know, as many micronutrients as you could get in that meal. Um, you know, and a lot of times people tout stuff like if you want to get real into it, the four to one carb to protein ratio and everything else. 
But then there's also just this aspect of nutrition where some people constantly have to have food. Constantly. And I mean, you, obviously, everybody has to have food, but I'm saying they, they just can't do anything and not eat, and they can't go a certain amount of time without eating. And I've just trained myself to where I can and not have a drop in performance. And that's really helped me in long races. Look, man, we're trying to get you back online. All right? This... Look, man, I was hoping you were going to have something good reason why you were doing that. Well, one of the reasons is it's taught me it's made it's it's good. That's not where we're but it's but, good training. Right. No, right now we're we're not we're not you're not training. That, we're for not a at race, that Chili. point right now. We're, we're I'm always training. No. I'm always trying to yeah. get back into training if I'm not. We we are trying to get you Back to 110%. Health? Right? Yes. And then we can start doing this silly stuff like this if you, if you feel like it. Because right? when you're at 110%, you can do this thing where you, it, it's potentially detrimental. And you knock that tap 10% off, but you're still at 100%, right? But when you're at 90%, all right, or 80% or wherever you are, you, you can't do these things. You you have you have to be strategic, right? And that we we are looking to get you back at a hundred and ten percent. So that's probably true. Okay, so we're not doing this anymore, Chili. You 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 must eat. You must eat. You're sponsored by freaking Little Debbie's, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're sponsored by Little Debbie. <laughs> yeah, I should. I would. Yeah, an oatmeal cream pie would have been pretty good out there. You dang straight, it would. <laughs> You'd eat one of them Swiss rolls, wouldn't you? No, What's your favorite like... little Debbie? Mm. Pro- probably, probably an oatmeal cream pie. Mine too. That's hard to beat. It, it's it's my all time. It's it's got to be the oatmeal cream pie. I mean, yeah. I, I've ate them literally since I can remember eating. The oatmeal cream pie has <laughs> been a a staple. Yeah, that's hard to beat. You know, growing up, growing up, you know, kind of. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say poor, but just growing up, you know, you got little Debbies around the house. You you, yeah. you you're not living in in Atlanta, and and there ain't no dang Whole Foods, and you know this kind of stuff. I like the donut sticks. I guess that's what I liked when I was a kid. Coffee or when well, as a no, kid, yeah, as a kid. Honey buns. Yeah, yeah. You had to microwave a honey bun. I'm yeah. gonna tell you what's good, man. A uh, RC Cola and a Moon Pie. Oh yeah. Well, ain't I like. There, ain't there a Moon Pie, uh, big Moon Pie thing up in Chattanooga? Yeah, Ch- they make them in Chattanooga. Oh, okay. that's where it is, and that's where Little Debbie's are made too in Collegedale, close to Chattanooga. And um, but no, that's how you grow up. You're right. I mean, I grew up taking lunch to school. That was it. Just be a like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, bag of chips, and a little Debbie. Yep. I mean, that was just standard. I mean, that ain't how I eat now, but. No, you don't eat now. When you think about it, you kind of want to go back to that. All this crap. Broccoli. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, all right. Let, let's talk a little bit about, let, let's learn from Blake's mistakes this morning i think there's some things that we can learn 
You know, Blake came out. He set up this PT this morning, which was a uh, a legitimate PT. I mean, really a long a long range bike from from where I live down into downtown Rome, cross country. Very very little uh, using the road. Most of this was all through woods and mountains and stuff like this and. I was really excited, you know, and, and, uh, he set this up, you know, and he showed up extremely unprepared and, you know, I just want to break this down. I want to see what you learned from it, how you feel about it. Look, no, I I mean, no, no, I got a flat on my bike and I didn't have another tube to replace it with. I had patches and jeans had a pump. And we pumped it up, and the patches didn't hold. Walmart didn't have a tube yesterday for me to buy, and the bike shops were closed. I mean, that's the end of the story. Did you have a pump? How'd you feel about his, you know, his help? Yeah. You know, out on the basic <laughs> course, the team can only move as fast as the weakest link. They don't just drop them and say, Hey, you want to walk back to the house? <laughs> Hey. Oh, glad you come to the restaurant, Blake. Hey. Did you got that money for me to buy my lunch? Because I didn't bring no money. No, I asked you before we left if you had money. Well, what what was your plan after I had turned off? You didn't know if I was coming back down to eat or not. I, James's truck was there. I knew James had some money. Oh, we, yeah. we get money. All right. Um, money's easy to get. Uh, now look, here's the thing. If you ever come and and do a team PT with three or seven project, here's the thing about team PT at three or seven project. This ain't no daggone team mission. This is team PT, but if you can't keep up, you oh, out. I, I yeah. can keep up. It, it, look, I just man, had a casualty. Th- this is this is the the way we PT is. You better be prepared. Look, we're professionals. We ain't students. All right, so we assume yeah, sponsored. Chili's sponsored by Little Freaking Debbie. <laughs> Look, if if we invite you to Team PT, we assume that you're prepared to take care of yourself because we're getting after it. And you know, Blake was really unprepared this morning. Had a flat. Okay, now he's coming down the hill, and I'm asking these guys, say, what's his plan? They say, oh, he's just going to walk down here to the road. I said, well, all right, let me go up here and ask him what his plan is. I went up there and asked him about what his plan was. He just, I don't, what was your plan? Well, I was trying to call my wife to see where she was at, and there was no service. I can take care of myself, son. I know them roads better than you know them. You act like you've been living up here for years and years. So... I was either going to get her to come pick me up, or I might have ran into town. Mm. I could have done that. Yeah, he said he was going to run into town. <laughs> I could have done it. I said, son, that jogger still be I out couldn't there have, couldn't have kept up with y'all, but I would have made it to town. So, yeah, I walked a few miles and hitchhiked the ride back to my truck, went and got my bike, and who, drove on into town. Who give you a ride? Just give him a shout-out. Chris Waters and Chris his daughter. Waters. Chris, thank you so much. Chris apparently he said what he said he goes just goes out him and his daughter just go out and ride them back roads huh yeah they just out riding around had a nice old Toyota truck jumped in the bed and talked with him through the sliding glass for a little bit 
Well, drop me off. That's the kind of people you want to meet. That's country people, son. But I do want to say, you was no more prepared than I was. You just didn't have a casualty to bring it out. No, no, this is the thing. I No, tell me, did you have a pump if something would have happened to your tire? I didn't need a pump. I got tubeless tires, well, son. What, did they not hold air? What do they run on? <laughs> My phone What failed. would you have done had your tire went flat? Look. what? No, stop. Were okay. you prepared? I'm going to tell Were you. Were you prepared? Just answer the question. Yeah, I was prepared. You didn't have a casualty to bring out your unpreparedness, but you didn't have a pump. You, you didn't even have enough water. You had to go try to find scrounge up some water. You didn't no, know I if there was filter. any. You didn't know if there was any water sources yeah, out there. I've rode that route before. <laughs> no, I knew there ain't. was water. And Chad comes back up the hill. Get on him. He's being real nice. Hey, Bubba, what, what's your plan? Oh, okay. Uh, so, how do we get down into town from here now? And uh, <laughs> I knew. And it, I didn't you know. You freaking liar! I didn't know. You what. are a liar. I did. Then why did you ask? Because I thought I, I thought you had a special route planned. Well, who cares? I was out <laughs> of the race. It or out of the PT. <laughs> who cares what my route was? Uh, Y'all just go on the. Say, hey, Bubba. Uh, <laughs> do you need anything from me? Uh, hey, can you show me uh, how to get down to town from here? So I show him, and then we get back down around everybody, and he wants to play. Hard again. Hey, buddy, tell Blake, good job. Get his phone out filming. It cuts it off when I start talking about him not knowing where he's going. Y'all, y'all see all this on Instagram today. I'll put it on my story, but I did know where, where I was going. I just didn't know oh, you yeah. had a special route. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But, totally. Um, I knew you did. I, I That's why I told you. I just figured, hey, he knows. I'm going to go ahead and let him know anyhow. <laughs> the reason his tire busted is because he wasn't being deliberate. With his riding, and he hit a rut too hard. I thought you might say that. Yeah, and so before we left, look, this is called preparation. I got my bicycle pump out. I, I inflated both my tires to the proper PSI. I did the same thing here. Mine were at 30 PSI, recommended by the pump for mountain so biking. He hit. he wasn't being deliberate, and he hits a, a rut too hard and bottoms his tire out and pinches his tire tube between the wheel and the tire and that's why that that's the result all right so if you if if you ride like me you're prepared and you're deliberate you don't got to worry about getting a flat tire have you never popped your tire and had to hike your bike back out i may have done it before Uh uh-huh because you've (laughs) told me a story of you've done it twice yeah, that's when I was just on short rides, right? I, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you don't got to be deliberate on short <laughs> no, rides. No. Sorry, I, I'm not looking goes at, as, as being as prepared on them short rides. You know, we had a long range ride. Yeah. So you can just turn on, turn on and off the deliberate. No, I'm always deliberate. Well, then what happened on those? My tires was not aired up enough. Well, should you not aired them up enough before? No, I I, I knew. I, I'm probably on those rides <laughs> when my tires busted. I actually wanted to run. I was hoping my oh, tire gosh. busted. Now we're sinning, lying here. <laughs> we, we've went from just failure to now we're sinning. I didn't even know you could tell a story like that. You, you let it happen because you'd rather run. That's full of crap. What did Chad Dude, do the other day? Dude, y'all don't know what's and, going through my head. What did Chad do the other day in here when we had that podcast with PN and he was asked, PN asked him why he wasn't being deliberate? I what, don't remember what he did. What did he say? I don't remember. I just remember peeing asking him. Man. Oh, when he when he cheated the workout. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he cheats workout. Oh, when, I, when I missed my my uh, jump rope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I hit the hit the ditch a little bit hard, but so the lesson here, um, the I lesson mean, here. I went and bought a pump and some tubes, and I'm gonna bring them with me next time. Yeah. Be deliberate. First of all, prepare. Make sure your your everything's good. Be deliberate, and you probably won't have problems like that. And uh, and then also. Be prepared with the proper equipment if you do have a mistake, okay? So earlier I said that could have easily been any of us, you know, that had the flat, and but you disagree with that because that happened to him because he wasn't being deliberate. Yeah. Okay. 100%. All right. Listen, nobody's perfect. I'll capitalize on your next mistakes you make. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get some water real quick. I'll be right back. What, were you not deliberate with having <laughs> enough water prepared for the podcast? Now you're going to make the listeners pay? No, I drank it all. What? Didn't I mean, you know? How I mean, we me and Blake got some stories. We'll, we'll, yeah. What, what? Do y'all want to take a break or do y'all want to continue talking while I grab some water? I got some right here. Let me get a drink. I, I packed plenty <laughs> well, of Well, I don't know if this is a break or not. I don't know if they're going to keep talking or not, but I'm going to grab some Oh, yeah. Water. We'll keep talking. <laughs> So, I want to hear what you have to say more. Now, let's let him get out. All right. I want to know what your perspective. When he, when he is saying all that, what's going through your head? Well. Giving you all the crap. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just the same things happened to him. He just That's what I'm saying. on other people's That's what I'm saying. Mistakes. So, so are you? What are you going to do the next time something bad happens or he makes a mistake? I'm probably going to cut one of them lights on like that, but shine a light on it for just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Chad, a lot of people, I think they don't think he ever, he ever messes up because they ain't seen it. <laughs> We've seen it. Well, and, and you know, he, uh, if he's operating in an area, he's going to mess up. He ain't going to operate there too long. He's going to move on into an area that he ain't likely to mess up, which is exercising. He's real good at it. Well, look, before we – I don't know what they were just freaking talking about. I was getting water. <laughs> before we move on to talking about this psychedelic drug treatment for veterans, I want to let you all know this episode was brought to you by Natural Rapport. All right? Now, I told you the dog story earlier. Uh, I want to let y'all know we love our dogs a lot around here, which is why we have partnered with Natural Rapport, and and they now sponsor the podcast. Um, Natural Rapport makes uncomplicated pet essentials. So we're talking about dog treats, snacks. We're talking about ear cleaner. We're talking about um, shampoo, uh, even the I could say cologne, but the scent you spray in between baths. Yeah, yeah. They've got a whole lineup of stuff to care for your dogs. Most of their treats are single ingredient. They're all 100% sourced and made in America. So uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the dog treats and stuff you're buying for your animals at, or for your dogs at Walmart, they are made in China and uh, probably right down there in the wet market in Wuhan. Uh <laughs> Probably. You know what I mean? So, you know, your dog's life is short. 
Give them some freaking good stuff, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Support the companies that support this podcast like Natural Poor. You understand that it takes extra effort for them to source and produce this stuff in America? That means something to me. Yeah. All right? Not only is it better... And not only do I not have to worry about it coming from the wet market in Wuhan, China, and being infused with some coronavirus, even though that came out of a lab. Um, look, it's made in America. It's Americans doing this stuff, man. Get you, Go get you some beef heart jerky. This stuff looks and smells so good, I would eat it. It's probably. I thought about eating some the, the other day. The way it's made, you probably could. Yeah, yeah I yeah. thought about eating some the other day. Go check them out. Natural Rapport at nattyrap.com. N-A-T-T-Y-R-A-P.com. Go give them a follow on Instagram, man. We would really appreciate that. If you've got dogs, get them some Natural Rapport stuff. I'll attach the link to their website along with a pro code that they have just for you guys, 3 of 7 podcast listeners, in the show notes of this episode. Thank you, Natural Rapport for being a long-term sponsor of the 3 to 7 podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, All right. Got a little chaotic during that ad. We've got kids walking in, <laughs> dogs barking, <coughs> you know. They want that. Sadie was barking out there because she wanted a beef tendon yeah, chew. Yeah, I, I got to say, that was the best time for her to bark. Well, that that is true. <laughs> she heard that. She heard Natural Rapport, and she said, son, I got to have me some. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why she, BK walked in. Uh, she ain't seen me in a day or two. <laughs> you know she's getting to that age, man. Yep. Um. So, what? Look, <laughs> man. So y'all haven't heard about this treatment thing? This, this. this oh is yeah. Like, like this is a. This is being propagated as like, the savior. For, well, for veterans with PTSD. Well, I want to hear your full opinion on it, but it's there's a lot of different stuff. Like, I don't know. It depends on what exactly you're talking about. There's all kinds of new stuff coming out. I ain't heard nothing about none of it. Well, oh, it's big. I mean, it's all kinds of you know stuff that I guess you'd call non-traditional medicine, right? Like, you know using medical marijuana and everything there's a lot of pushback about that people saying oh you don't need to be using that you know but they said i mean i don't know the the studies or the research behind it but that it you know i don't know if it's thc whatever it is that give it to kids with epileptic seizures and it actually stops them i mean if there's a use for it like that yeah, i don't yeah. see a problem with it yeah. you know but then there's also this stuff that i think chad's gonna bring up about psychedelics and Hand me that notepad right there, Chili, beside of you. Thank you, buddy. Well, all right. You know, here's the thing. Here, here's here's one of the issues I wanna I wanna take up with this uh, topic of using psychedelics to treat PTSD, depression, work through trauma, all this stuff. We're gonna talk a little bit about just a small portion of what scripture has to say about it here in a second. Here's the thing. A lot of these men that I've spoken to actually say that during this trip that they have on, uh, on whatever it is, the ayahuasca or there's some of it you can take, they give them pills. I don't know the names of all the drugs, you know, but, uh, a lot of people are saying 
that they talk to God. <laughs> All right? Now, let me go ahead and clear this up real quick, ladies and gentlemen. If you think that you talk to God while you are under the influence of a drug, you are not talking to the God that we serve. You are not talking to God the Father, the creator of all of this. You are not talking to the author and the finisher of this world, your life, human life. No, you ain't talking to him, son. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the Bible calls us out specifically to be sober, all right? When you are under the influence of a substance, you may be talking and even gleaning what you think is wisdom from something that looks like a God. That is very possible, I think. Oh, yeah. But you are not talking to the God. Therefore, whatever information you glean from this being that you talk to while you're tripping on some psychedelic drug is not truth. It is likely some sort of manipulative thing. In other words, I'm saying that you are likely, if you are conversing in a real way with a spirit, it is likely a demon. All right? That's the bottom line. Don't shoot me this line of bull crap. Don't tell me, maybe you don't, uh, veteran, maybe you don't know, understand what we mean when we say God. We're talking about the God of the Bible, the only true God in the universe. All right? That's the, when you say God, that's what I hear. All right? <clears throat> no, you ain't talking to him on no trip. Uh, period. That's my opinion on it. Um, I know that there are quite a few men that uh, commit suicide shortly after this treatment. Um, not all of them. I know that there are quite a few men that go through this treatment and say they experience some temporary relief, but eventually they're just back to square one. Let me tell you something right now. When you meet Jesus and you experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you as his son or his daughter, it causes permanent change. Permanent change. It's not something that you get some temporary relief from and a few months down the road, you're just back to square one. I, I, I think it's an extremely dangerous road to go down. Now, it's being propagated as a, again, a savior uh, of, of veterans that suffer from PTSD. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's a freaking bunch of crap. And you could not pay me enough money to do it. Well, it probably because when I experienced when when I experienced in a real way a relationship with Jesus, what the world do I need psychedelics for? Like Jesus is the answer, one hundred percent. 
It's the end all be all. What were you going to say, Blake? I was just going to say it. I'm sure it may be the answer to PTSD while you're on it, but at what cost, you know, and it's not sustainable. So if you, if you're taking that to get away from the, you know, the PTSD, then once you come off of it, then you're, you're right back at square one, just like you said. And then at what cost did that temporary relief from your PTSD cost you in the long run, you know? Well, I have a question. Actually, before I even ask that question, <clears throat> let me preface anything I'm, whatever I say after this, let me preface it with, I don't, I've never taken psychedelics. I have have no plans to. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't, never taken anything. Um, so I have complete ignorance on what they experience yeah. while they're under the influence of that. I mean, I can't, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, well, they, they, it's described fairly vividly yeah. if you'll listen to some of these podcasts and I have, on these other platforms. But I just, I have, you know, I can't speak from experience. So anything I say, you know, I have a lot of ignorance on this topic. And I don't think people with a lot of knowledge on this topic can even speak super articulately about it. Um, but I certainly can't because of that. Uh, but my first question is, what is the treatment that you're talking about? You're talking about when they just get, when they just take take it like anybody else. They just take ayahuasca or dimethyltryptamine, and then they're just tripping. Well, like well, it's in a controlled environment, right? right? They always are, right? It's like so, like a liter of it. Yeah, I mean, and, in a, in a lot of these treatment facilities, you have to go overseas yep. to do them. Uh, and so, but that's the treatment. It's just like what, what you could go do it. Without PTSD, I mean, just people do it all the time, and then, but they're just doing that experience to try to help their PTSD. That's what you're saying. Well, I I think they lead. I think there are some steps that they go through leading up okay. to the treatment where they're, you know, maybe they're sitting down with a, a whoever a, a psychiatrist yeah. or psychologist or a counselor, where they're you know maybe bringing some of these issues yeah. that they're that they're working through kind of front and center into the forefront of their mind and 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 then you know uh, apparently the 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 psychedelic helps them work through it and you know a lot of the the treat the processes that i hear they go through you know is uh you know they go through the the whole the it's it's ego it's, death well and, that's it, what i hear them say it's traditional also to where they're using in a lot of cases a shaman to yeah. lead these veterans through this experience, especially with the ayahuasca where the shamans, you know, anointing them and yeah. taking them through this whole process. Right. Um, I'm reading a book right now called playing with fire and uh, I'm almost finished with it. It's, it's an all right book. Um, not the best I've ever read, but it's, it's worth reading. And, uh, essentially, you know, it, it's, it's asking, it's exploring the topic of possession, demonic possession, demonic oppression, and also demonic infestation in in a place. And you know, you you cannot deny the reality of demonic possession, oppression, and infestation if you believe in the Bible. Um, you just can't deny it. it was one of the biggest aspects of Jesus's ministry on earth was 
basically casting out demons from people. And uh, one of the questions it poses is we look through the scriptures and, and we don't get a lot of reference on like these people that are possessed or oppressed by demons. There's not a lot of insight on how they found themselves in that position. Like how did, how did that happen? What led them to that point, right? And well, inviting it in is one way. This is this is what it leads to. Is you know, this is I think potentially opening a door um, for oh yeah that, for for possession or extreme oppression of these demonic gods that these men are having conversations with while they're tripping on this drug. Right. So I just want to cl- clarify exactly what they're doing. And what that sounds like to me, and like I mentioned, they talk about ego death is what they experience after. And it helps them let go of some of their ego and they just feel better after. I don't know. What what it sounds like to me, though, even though it's hard to art like, Here's my question always when they say they feel like they've talked to God. Well, what what did what did you hear? What did you learn? What did you take from it, if that's the case? Because the Bible is very clear about that, about what you measure up, what you hear, you know. If <laughs> depending on the message, you can go I mean, my opinion to to just be clear is I don't know what they hear or what they see, but what I most likely think is happening is they are opening something up. I mean, if you want to call it a dimension, I don't know. (laughs) This is way over my head, but they're talking to something and it ain't truth. I mean, that's my opinion as well. It ain't, you know, it's not when you invite these things in, you're not inviting in the God of the Bible. I mean, you're, you're, it's it's a whole different ball game. I, mean, I think playing with fire is a great way to describe it. You know, it's you don't know what you're asking for. You don't know what you're talking to. What what you know? I don't know. I think it's very dangerous thing to be playing with. Yeah, and you know, you talk about well, what are you hearing when you're when you're tripping on this? That's what I'm saying. I'm just curious. Yeah, and then so if you took okay, what you maybe. Had, which, what was maybe said or, or what was the message of that conversation that the veteran had during that experience with this thing that first is portraying itself as God, portraying itself because these veterans are literally saying, I talk to God. Is it portraying itself that way or did they not know how else to describe what well, they're saying? That, that could be the case too, all right? Now, if you took that message right and then took it back and saw and even even look to see if parts of it were in alignment with Scripture, I think that you would likely uh, find some discrepancies. I think, though, that these spirits are very deceptive. Yeah, you could have some truth. That's right. There's going to be much truth woven into it because these spirits are extremely, extremely deceptive. All right? That's what Satan is. He's literally the greatest deceiver on earth. Uh and, um, you know, this leads us down, you know, a whole nother conversation when we talk about, uh, the, the, the battle that, or, or the battle that between good and evil, especially in, in the, in the heavenly realm. So the demonic 
uh, kingdom and in the the, the spiritual realm existence existence of demons. And you say, Chad, why are you freaking studying this, man? Well, this is how I became a Christian, man. Like, people ask me now, how did you become a Christian? I just don't even, I don't even sugarcoat it no more. I'm just like, well, I was living in a building that was possessed by a freaking demon. Mm -hmm. It was literally a demon in that place. And the crap that was happening in there was was insane, son. Well, like, it's it's hard to deny that spiritual warfare is not taking place. I mean, it really is. I mean, I've I've tried to understand that before and been like, well, I, but I mean, it's kind of hard to deny. Like when there's things that you wrestle with in your personal life that is not of this. It's not physical. You know, there's a there's a spiritual component to all of us. I mean, you can't deny that. And and what is that warfare that's going on? And it, like I said earlier, like a, would you describe it as a dimension or a realm? So I the traditional thought is there's a physical realm that we're all living in. And then there's a spiritual realm that's going on right now, but we don't have the senses to see it or experience it. Right. It's going on simultaneously overlaid over this physical world that we live in, but we can't experience it. So one school of thought would be that some of these psychedelics are connecting you to that spiritual world, that spiritual realm it's kind of like opening a door, and I'm gonna just go ahead and tell you too. You're not talking to. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't see how you're. I think you're you're inviting in. Uh, yeah, demonic entities. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe the one way to look at it is this is none of this is actually happening. They're just tripping on a drug that's making them hallucinate. I mean, that's possible. You, you have to consider the fact, though, that it is actually happening because right. these men that are doing this treatment have credibility because of their background. Yeah. They're credible yeah. people, and they are speaking of these experiences like they are real. And here's another question. When they're in that group setting, do they, do they have a different experience, or do they all claim to see the same thing? From what I've heard, they're different. Okay. From what I've heard, that they can be quite different. Because sometimes in that group setting, when you see the same thing or report to see the same thing, that actually lends credibility to you're actually like in some other realm yeah. and seeing the same thing. Like it's not, you know, if you hallucinate or something, you, nobody sees the same thing. You know, I'm going to see something different than you. But if you're actually opening up a gate, opening a door, you'd be seeing the same thing. That would be really interesting to, to get some some i guess study on that when yeah they do that in that group setting is there commonalities between yeah because i'm not gonna do it <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never gonna do but I, you know it, it only the only way you know that is if someone had experience doing it um and i'd just be curious about that as well because i think it's very possible that it's it is opening some kind of a door into the spiritual realm and you're talking to uh demons which is not something i have <laughs> a desire to do so and and also would be a reason I would think that it you should not do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to know for sure what exactly is going on, but cuz the argument that I just wanted to say, I know I'm talking too much, is a lot of times the argument is, well, those things were on this earth. They weren't they're natural substances, right? A lot of it's derived from plants, right? So what's the problem? That was put here by God. Why can't we use it? Well, a lot of things were put on this earth that I don't think we're supposed to touch or supposed to play with. They're supposed to 
a lot of those plants have those properties. That is the defense mechanism of the plant. Yeah, I mean it. It develops that um, that defense so that things won't eat it. Well, you know, an animal is not going to come and eat that thing if it, it makes them drunk or high. And well, and a lot of the same line of thinking, arguments wise, is we have a lot of these chemicals already in our brain that our brain can produce. But my counter to that is, well, not in these extreme doses. You know, we produce the proper amount, right? We're not, you know, and then if you take these extreme doses of everything, like, I don't think that's a good idea. My counter to that is the freaking plumb line that says be sober. That's well, my counter to it. Okay. The, I mean, here's I, a I question. know some people don't have the same plumb line as me, but. Well, here's a question for that. What is considered sober, right? Because if you, I mean, I don't think you should eat too much sugar, you know? I mean, that gets you hyped up in a way uh if you overdose on caffeine if that's possible you know or if you drink too much alcohol or something you know i mean what is where's that line that's a hard line to define is the only problem with that well i mean if it okay for me i dip snuff nicotine does not affect my process of thinking right nor my ability to uh make judgment calls um None of my fine motor movements, nothing like that, right? Now, when I drink too much alcohol, um, it does it it decreases it, it that. all of that. Now, that to me is the is what not being sober is, right? How can I sit down? This, this is what I ask myself: Can I sit down and pray and have a conversation with Jesus? Like, can I sit down and and, ha- and pray to Jesus while I'm drunk? No, I, I just I, I I can't I just couldn't do it. Cognitive. Yeah, I, while while I was high on marijuana, no, probably not. I'm not gonna sit down and and and, and pray. Um, like that. That's kind of where I'm at with. It. No, I mean, I, that's no. just as a tangible. We thing literally to think had about. this. We literally had this conversation earlier about how you think more in simple terms than I do, and how I'm. Oh, analytical and I'm also very extreme like I'm all or nothing so it's like if it says be sober then where do I even how do you take in anything you know because it might make you might give me closer might take me there or what it's like I don't know where you that line is there's just gray that's hard for me to process you see what I'm saying yeah I mean clearly there's a difference in how I'm sitting here right now and if I just went to one of those shamans and went through a ritual on ayahuasca yeah clearly that's seems to be out of bounds but you know where's the i don't know it's just hard for me to find lines on some of that stuff that's why it's difficult for me to process but i mean i see what you're saying and it makes sense how you approach it but that's just why these conversations get difficult in my opinion because it's not all black and white i want it to be black and white but there's just a gray area that you can't ignore you know, you can't do anything about or a blurry. I mean, right. It's not blurry, but there's. Well, I mean, there, there's I'm sure there's a, de- a definition of the word sober that would define that for you and help you make. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, between that, I don't know. know. And, and just, if you wanted to look at the original Greek or Hebrew word that yeah. is in scripture that portrays the yeah. word sober, what is the definition of that? And, and, and so this is the problem 
that we have in society is that if you don't have a plumb line that is outside of yourself and your own yeah. thinking, your own intelligence, your your own opinions, you're going to be opinionated on everything. You, your opinions are and your perspective is shaped by your experiences in life. That's why everyone's is different. That's why everyone's standard of what is sober and what is not could be relative, right? If you don't have something like the Bible to set that standard, all right? And if you're confused about the word sober and what it means, we can define yeah. that. Um, and so without that, it's impossible. It, I mean, it, it's impossible to come to conclusions on anything, on any standard, really, not just the sobriety part. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think in, in today's society, take it to the extreme, but the way I view the Bible as the plumb line, that was not an extreme viewpoint or lifestyle 50, 60 years ago. I think there were quite a few people that thought the same thing I thought. Yeah, and it's a great point to talk about if you're just coming up with your own standards, how do you even do that? I mean, you can make your own, but I don't... And it will change, and and that's the thing. It will change throughout your lifetime. Completely lost if I try to just come up with my own limitations or rules for this or that. I mean, I don't know how to do any, I don't know how to yeah. do any of it intelligently. So, well, we, we had this conversation when we went out and, and talked to Evan and them at free range American with yeah. black rifle coffee, half that dang podcast we did with them was, was about this. Who are you to play God? Who, who are you to yeah. draw the line to say, well, you know, it's cool to, to sit around and get high <laughs> on on heroin or, or marijuana or whatever it is, it's it's cool to do this or that. But you know, I draw the line at uh, at um, pedophilia. Yeah, that, like like you'd have to hear the podcast. Yeah, but that who was, are you to draw the line? You yeah. know, you're yeah, not God. I mean, yeah, he can't. You can't draw the line. I mean, that's that's what I felt like. They didn't. You never really. Clear, clear, clarified that in the podcast because it was so. People all the time try to draw their own lines, but it just it that doesn't work. I mean, what? Because someone else will think that that something that you think is okay is not okay. Well, how do y'all square that? And and I think they're you know the response is like, well, that's fine. I'll do me, you do you, and like I've talked about the parts of that that I agree with. Like there should be no government. Uh, you know, the government shouldn't get involved in people's personal lives to an extent, uh, I guess you'd say to an extent, but hard, I mean, as really, long as, the, as yeah. long as the activity is not detrimental to, to the whole everybody of else, right? Yeah. If you, if you infringe on somebody else's liberty by some of the actions you're taking, well, then there's a problem, but if it ain't hurting, you know, if it ain't doing anything to nobody, I don't, I don't agree with it, but you still shouldn't do it. But with what they were talking about, what happens when somebody thinks something's okay that you think is wrong. You know, that those situations would come up if there's not a standard and you yeah. you have to resolve that somehow and there's no well, way. Well, we see this uh, it, it, this is this is the most popular uh way of life or, or way of thinking in 
in all now uh, basically influencers that that we see. You 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 see the the major influencers, and in, uh, it's look Joe Rogan is one. You look at Joe Rogan for instance. He's got a, a people love his podcast, right? Here's a guy that has created his own version of truth, and it will change throughout his life. But that's the way he lives his life. He's open to everything. He's created his own version of right or wrong. Uh, and, and you know, I'm like, how, how can how can anyone call this person wise? First of all, if you if you are pro- promoting the use of a substance to escape your reality, you know what that tells me about you? That you're a miserable person. I absolutely love my reality. I love every single day. Why in the world would I want to get high or drunk for that matter? Like, it changes nothing for it for me. It, like, that's what that tells me about this guy. It, well, he, I mean, but he's a perfect example of it. And I think it's it's a it's a very popular viewpoint because it's accepting of all things right i mean my social media strategy sucks it really sucks um we just called out barry college the other day for their whole deal on instagram i lost a couple hundred followers on there it's absolute it's terrible um you know but if you if you propagate this way of thinking that create your own truth well of course that's a great way to amass millions of people to follow you because there's no accountability there's absolutely no standard of living or morality um, and obviously people like that it, they well, think they think it makes life easy all right a lot of times people don't draw out the the extent of what their ideology would lead to. So you're talking about moral relativism, right? And and relative truth. It's not moral absolutes and absolute truth. I mean, that's what we believe, right? But if you think that uh, truth is relative and morality is relative, which our society does as a whole, and it's pushed on the society, well, you don't. You have to draw that out to its logical conclusion or end, right? So if everybody can decide what is right or wrong to them just based on how they feel well then you literally can cannot say anything is wrong yeah because i mean nothing that's wrong at that point because right if so you know everything is permissible if that's the case because somebody say everybody except for a few people agree that murder is wrong well, when those people go murder somebody, you cannot hold them accountable. It's 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 okay. Yeah. Their morals say it's yeah. okay. So you if you have to accommodate everybody's morality, their definition of what is right and wrong, well then nothing is everything's on the table. And you know, we we move from psychedelics treating veterans to now this and something as simple as marijuana use, you know, you would have the Joe Rogans of the world say the only reason marijuana is illegal is because it's it's it was a way the government couldn't tax it. It's a way for them to 
you know, make money in a roundabout way by this war on drugs and it's what all this stuff. Look, look here, man. We we said you should be able to do in 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 a a free nation. Yeah, you should be able to do what you want to do as long as it is not at a detriment to the whole of society. Now, the society is made up of the members of that society or the community, right? Each member should be contributing equally to the success of the society or the community, all right? Now, if if, if you want to go if you want to go over here and smoke dope every day, do you think that you are going to be as uh as equal of a contributor to your society as the person that chooses not to get high or drunk all right if you're going to go over here and smoke weed every day do you think that you are going to be maximizing what you can contribute to your society the answer is absolutely not i have been around dozens and dozens of people that are smoking marijuana and they're pretty cool people. You can have conversation with them, right? And maybe they're maybe they're even doing something productive uh, at the time. As soon as they hit their marijuana, they sit there like a freaking sack, a lump of crap, and do nothing. You you do. This is why it's not a good thing for society. Alcohol is the same way. Alcohol is actually probably as bad yeah. or worse than yeah. marijuana. All right? It's the same freaking thing, man. It, it affects people's ability to contribute to society. It's detrimental. It affects it in a negative way. Oh, I agree with you. I, Period. I agree it's detrimental, but I think where we may disagree is I don't think the I still don't think the government should i mean if that's what people want to do and that's how they want to spend their life yes it's a detriment to society but i don't think the government should get involved like if you want to run your own life you run your own life and i agree with you that it is a detriment you ruin your own life okay while i'm paying your welfare check i get it i don't think there's i don't think we should be i don't i don't agree with that policy either there we go so that's my thing i i don't I don't agree with that policy. That's why I don't think you... I think if somebody wants to sit there and do whatever drug they want to do, go ahead, let them. But I think you should... Uh, yeah, I think uh, you should uh, abolish those programs as well. <laughs> well, and it's not it's, it's not only that. If that that to me is is a that statement is false. If you want to do whatever drug you want to do, go ahead and do it. You know what? I don't want my kid walking around in my yard... Well, I know my freaking neighbors over here. I know it's tough. Doing I mean, anything, smoke. Look, it's a detriment to freaking society, man. Period. I know it's that's where it's hard because I don't like. Listen, I don't. I would never advocate that. I don't think it's okay. I, I don't. I want that to stop. But I, if if it's not going to stop. But basically, I mean. here the, the the speaking of drawing something to its logical end. If you let the government control what you can put in your in your body then they could tell you what food you can eat and what you can't eat and everything i mean it just no, no they couldn't because the food you eat isn't detrimenting your con contribution to no, society. i'm saying they could do that but uh, okay okay that's what, that's that, if you well, give them the right we're talking to, about a a good government 
Okay. Well, then yeah. there you go. I mean, well, if we want to make this a utopia, well, then sure. You yeah. ban the use of drugs and stuff, but it's ain't that. So in the society we live, it's hard to go down that road where you say, you know, you let the government have that power. That's all I'm saying. But because I'm fully on board that it's not a good thing to be doing <laughs> the, what you're talking about doing. I mean, that's the only way we disagree. Yeah. If we even do. I mean. What do you think about it? I think nobody should be doing no drugs. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> because if it's a, if, if it is, the way I think about it is, if it's okay to smoke weed, then let the whole country smoke weed, every last person, and see if it, if it's better or worse. And I mean, I think well, that's be how worse. you can measure it. And so, if you if it's worse, then it's obviously a detriment to society. Oh, it'd be worse. But if you gave everybody that freedom, I still wouldn't do it, and you still wouldn't do it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, and, that's but but unfortunately, that's not the that's not how humans are. But no. if one person does it, the the world's worse off. If only one per by some measurable percent, the world's worse off because that one person did it. It doesn't well, have to be. It could be one, or it could be a million, unless he did it while he was sleeping. <laughs> then when he wakes up, it, it's going to take him longer to get going. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. If he did it while, if if he or she did it while they were sleeping, and it had no adverse side effect side effects on them being able to wake up and be a productive member of society, that's about the only way it would work. Not well, only is it prohibiting them from functioning further, but uh, but also consider the time they've wasted to smoke it. Well, let me just clarify. I ain't advocating any use of drugs. I'm just... That's kind of what it seems like. I'm, I know what it, are you peddling over I know here? it'll seem like that, so that's what I... I somehow I got to be clear. I'm just very leery of any time the government, you know, any power that they have or try to regulate this, not you let you do this, make you do this. I'm just very leery of that. You and don't I, like drugs, but you also don't like the government. That's right. Yeah. Well, the government <laughs> has a purpose, and I think the purpose of the government is addressed in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, it's the key. I mean, how I understand it is we all have individual liberty and natural rights. And if you infringe, if something you do infringes on somebody else's liberty, well, then that's, that, that's a problem. Like if, if murder, if you kill somebody, you have taken away their life. Well, Not, and maintaining order is part of that. Right. If a dude smokes a joint and goes down the road and swerves off the road and hits and kills somebody, then they've just... Well, I mean... It's out of order. In now. that scenario, well, then you would take care of that person then. But, you know, if you advocate taking care of it before that even happens, well, then you're going to be... been like Blake being prepared on the bike ride today. <laughs> yeah, if the government had required me to bike with a pump, then I would have been fine. Obviously, when you, when you guys hear me talk about my... When you guys hear me say anything about government, I don't mean the government that's in charge right now. I don't mean that government. I mean the government that, that, that was formed when this Declaration of Independence was written, we, I, which was not a totally perfect... There's not a, a, an example of a perfect government. And they acknowledge that it wasn't perfect. That's right. But... It was much, 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 much Closer. better and more righteous. All right. Well, it actually is the same government that that government was. It's just went through a complete transformation. I mean, it's, you know, it's 
that was established in 1776, and it's this, it was continued on to now. It's just degraded over time. So there is a path back to that. The flesh has dropped off the off the frame. What are you talking about, Joe Biden? <laughs> Dirt and worm both have a claim. Well, you know, I, I think this use of, of psychedelics uh, is, is only going to obviously become more popular because it's, it's being really, again, propagated in, in, uh, in a lot of circles as, as this great and wonderful thing. That's another red um, flag, too. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, Again, we'll tie this back to scripture, and then we'll we'll kind of we'll we'll shut her on down. But um, when we look at the the original word here in scripture of what is called like um, sorcery, all right, sorcery. It's pharmakia. Yep, pharmakia. All right. I'm, I I know I may not be pronouncing that with the proper accent no. or whatever. I, which is where we derive pharmaceuticals, right? Essentially, these drugs, according to the scripture, are a form of sorcery, all right? And this word pharmakia is used a few times in the Bible, uh, according to this reference right here, three different times, once in Galatians and twice in Revelations. And so I want to tie this into scripture right here. We'll we'll look at the example of it here in Revelations, and then I'll read a little bit of the commentary on it, where maybe we can draw some conclusions for scripture. Now this is in Revelations when um, the little book is opened, and these are a series of judgments that are being poured out upon the world in the last days, right? So this is Revelations 9. The word is actually used in 21, but these are the trumpets, all right? And so all these judgments are being executed on the world in the during the, the latter days of the Great Tribulation, and it, starting in verse 20, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues that are being executed during the tribulation time period, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, their sorceries, there's that word, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. And I look at some commentary in here in sorceries. The word for sorceries actually, actually, sorry about that. The word for sorceries actually means druggings, Greek pharmakia, from which we get the word pharmaceutical. Ancient sorcerers and oracles commonly used mind-altering drugs to induce their visions and healings. That's what a, that's what a shaman's doing with their ayahuasca. Well, well, yeah, that's another point is psychedelics have been used for yeah basically ever. The use of these hallucinatory drugs has already become commonplace today and will become almost universal in this future time, contributing significantly to the rapid spread of murder, fornication, and theft. 
So here's one place in the Bible where we see sorceries um, is actually being used to describe these um, druggings or these psychedelic drugs. And we see this is called out specifically here in the very end of the book, the end of the universe. It's it's all coming to a close here. Very shortly uh, here hereafter, this verse, it all comes to the end. And um, it's calling this out specifically. That's why I think, I think that now these sorceries and this mind-altering drugs and drug use in general is becoming so prevalent, and I think we're going to see it become more and more and more prevalent from now to the end. Um, I've told you guys, man, I've been studying this book in the Bible, Revelation, for the past few weeks, and it's so relevant, and it's relevant because of this is a, a an example of why it's relevant. As you can see, this being called out, you can look around you and see this, these sorceries, this pharmacia being promoted in the world right now, currently, and setting the stage for what this book says the last seven years of human history or the history of the universe is going to look like. Um you know, it really is setting up. It, it in, in so many, this is just one little small example, but when you pick this book apart, it is really being set up. Now, hey, man, it could go on for another 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. All this crap could collapse and it could just start all over again. It could go on for another 10,000 years. If I was a betting man, I would bet it wouldn't. Uh, and if, if, if it was just, if you want Chad's opinion, I don't, I don't think that I'll see this in my lifetime, but it could potentially. Everything is so fragile right now is literally one catastrophe away from everything in this book right here coming to fruition. Could happen. One simple thing. So that's one part of Scripture there that talks about this word that we're talking about. And it's funny to think, it's funny to look at these psychedelic drugs as actually a form of sorcery being used by the shaman or the psychiatrist, or the psychologist, which is essentially a modern-day shaman. Um, I don't know, man. Playing with fire in my mind. And if I could get you to grasp Jesus, accept him into your heart, be baptized for the remission of sins, and receive the Holy Spirit, I promise you the results will far outweigh a trip that you take on some psychedelic drug. (laughs) I promise you they will. I can't force you to go my way. I can only suggest it.
What, what do you think? I don't know. It's interesting when you read Revelation because, like you mentioned, I don't know, at some point I heard you say, uh, don't like to speculate when it will be. For some reason, everybody likes to do that. Or a lot of people. Well, you do. can you can look you can read the book and look around you and formulate. Oh yeah, you can you can formulate like I think that you should use that book and compare that picture it gives you of the very end to to the stage that is being set amongst you in global society, not in your little back in the day. All right, you could look, but the as the fur as far as you could look was your own little community All right but when we when we apply to what this says the world is going to look like now we can take it and look and compare it to global society which is what you have to do because we're talking about the culmination of the earth um and i think you can do that and i think it's healthy to do that but I don't think it's ever healthy to say it's going to happen. Like, I'm sure. Well, you're th- certainly th- not if you say that. E- exactly. Like, <laughs> well, oh, I, I know. And a lot of people have made a lot of money by making and yeah. freaking drawing a lot of people into them by making those predictions, which, is, which is foolish. Yeah. <laughs> but you can draw, you can have an opinion and say, I don't know. You know, I, I see, I see what's happening. Do I think that it's moving rapidly enough? That I could see that in my lifetime, I don't really know. I mean, the latter days started after Jesus mm-hmm. ascended back to heaven, so I don't know. I think in some ways the world, this is very subjective. You could argue is better in some ways than it was, you know, a thousand years ago, fifteen hundred years ago, and it's certainly worse. So I, I well, don't know. I it mean, it doesn't really matter, right? When it happens, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's tomorrow. It doesn't matter if it's ten thousand years from now. The only thing you should know is when you read that and say, all right, things are happening as they are written in this book. And so that should tell you the time for me to get myself right and to get other people right is now. And I should have a sense of urgency doing it because these things are playing out as the Bible said. So it gives credibility to the Bible and it should provide a sense of urgency for you to not just lay around willy-nilly and say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go tell that guy about Jesus tomorrow. Or I'll get myself straight tomorrow and keep putting it off because we are in the last days now, and we have been for 2,000 years, but things are progressing as the Bible says they are going to progress. There'll be a time where you can count down the days. You, can make, you will be able to make a definitive statement of this is when the end is coming, and... Um, you know, when you start seeing this temple being rebuilt and then you start seeing this um, this authority set up his image in this temple and asking you to take a certain mark and, and worship him, oh, you can count down the days then. But you so still won't know when. It, oh, no, it counts down the days in, from then. It, oh, okay. it, it, it counts down the days. It gives you a timeline. So there are certain things that when they happen, you can't, you will be able to work. So if you're listening to this episode, if I'm not around anymore, and you're just you're getting this, this is like coming through on some channel that you're listening to in some distant future, like the Book of Eli. Yeah, <laughs> if you're seeing this stuff happening, 
you can count down the days from there. You got about three and a half years left before the white horse comes, son, to execute righteous judgment and make war. Oh, well, this yeah. was a good podcast. I'm sure we'll probably lose a few listeners off of this one. <laughs> some, there's some deep, little bit Busting deep out, stuff talk right on here. Psychedelics and eschatology. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, look, man, I, I've never really sat down and really told the full story of what was going on in that place when I went when that when that demon was freaking freaking us out man like the stuff that was i'll sit down one day and tell try to recount the whole story of everything that was happening in that situation and um you ask me how i know this this is all this is real and legit well it's because i've lived it i've seen it right and that book that i'm reading kind of describes the that experience i had as an infestation in other words a demonic host basically is infesting a structure or a place. It's like termites. Yeah. And the things that it describes as it, it that book goes through case studies um, and it interviews social workers. It interviews people outside of the body of Christ that are handling these cases, police officers, um, people that are responding to these situations where these families are experiencing this stuff. Uh, and the stuff it describes that are happening are, are like some of the exact same things that were happening to us there. And it's just really freaking crazy, man. Well, that's like when people ask, do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, well, no, but I think demons are real. And I think they can, you know, like you said, it felt like it was haunted. I mean, I think that's legit, you know, I mean, (laughs) if that's what you mean by ghost then yeah. But, yeah. Well, boys, we better cut it off here. Uh, yeah, I know it's getting late. Oh, we only went for an hour. Oh, dang, no, an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> All right, guys, well, uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Chili will be, uh, Chili will be get going to uh, med school next week. But uh, masks and gloved and we might, up. If he's not busy and we do the podcast next week, we might call in, call, let him call in and get a report from him. So, We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Enough said.